Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Here to talk about how he got those scars. Joining me from Los Angeles, birthplace of the Joker, according to the movie we just saw. Uh, It's Aaron Alvarado. (laughs) Aaron, how you doing? Pretty good. I'm feeling twisted after seeing that movie. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Very, very twisted. A little serious? Why so serious? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, we are... So we're here to talk about the number one movie in America. And not by a little bit. We're talking about a movie projected to break records at 80 million. Not only surpassed that, it hit 93 million? 93. We're here to talk about Todd Phillips, the Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix, which is wild. I can't wait to get into that with you. Uh, we're also going to talk a little Ad Astra, uh, since we haven't recorded since uh, Brad Pitt's second marquee film this year has come out. The Summer of uh, Pitt is officially over. Yes, yes. The Summer of Pitt is over. Uh, I'll tell you what, at the end of Joker, I did have a pit in my stomach. Uh, if that's... <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, look, Tracy Mangum already coming in and says, yes, very good film. Huge uh, fan of good. Tracy. Tracy's got great opinion in movies, with the exception of Interstellar. Which weirdly he hated, which is weird for he was my film professor in college, by the way. Shout out to Tracy. Interstellar is a masterpiece. I've got to believe that Tracy now believes that. Maybe he's revisited it, realized it is indeed a masterpiece. Maybe he hold hasn't. on. Is is Tracy saying Ad Astra is very good or or Joker? I think he's saying Joker. Good. I think he's saying Joker oh. because he's are uh, the 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 title of this on Facebook Live is Joker gotcha. in all caps, and then the question: Should you see it? You know, question mark, and then clown face emoji, and he's saying yes. Very good. <laughs> you should see the thing is, is Tracy, would you really say yes? You should see it to anyone that asked you that question. So, and I think this is something we're going to explore here. Like, if your neighbor, who maybe you talk to three or four times a year, says, "Hey, did you see this Joker movie?" and you say, "Yeah," and like, should, is it worth seeing? Do you automatically say yes? Do you automatically say no? Or do you have a, qu- a few questions you ask beforehand? Um, because I don't know if I'm coming out guns blazing saying yes. Yeah. If, if I'm talking to one of my coworkers, uh, one of the baby boomers that I work with and she's asking me, you know, what'd you go see this weekend? I say Joker. And then she says, well, should I go see it? I don't know if I'm going to recommend, um, Joker to a 63 year old woman. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, we're, yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But, uh. I, uh, before we get into more specific jokery stuff, uh, which we'll get into just a bit, um, it's, it's, it's story time. I have a story to share, <laughs> Aaron. Is, can I share a story? Please do. Okay. Do you, uh, you're, you're familiar with, uh, the different, uh, different comics that I enjoy, different celebrities. Jim uh, Gaffigan, familiar- <laughs> Brian Regan. <laughs> Yes. Bill Cosby. Over, over oh wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> early Bill Cosby. Okay, early. Yeah. Um <laughs> I uh well one one of the one of the comedians that I think we enjoy, uh someone that is kind of a rising star right now. Um has a hit Netflix show. Did the White House correspondence dinner for Trump's first year in office. Uh and recently um, testified before Congress 
I don't know if it's testified. Maybe it was just spoke uh, before Congress uh, on the student debt and student loan crisis. And that is uh, former correspondent of The Daily Show, Hassan Minhaj, um, or how some people pronounce it, Hassan Minhaj, but it's Hassan Minhaj. Uh, if you know who I'm talking about, uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, there's a photo that I'm displaying here. Uh, he's known for the current Netflix show Patriot Act. Aaron, have you seen the show? Oh, I've seen every episode of the show. Okay. Yeah. You're a big, big fan. fan of the Patriot Act. Pa yeah. Fan of the Patriot Act. So I'm a big yes. fan of Hassan uh, for a lot of reasons. One, he's from Sacramento. Okay. Sacramento proud. He's a big Kings fan. And that comes up with some regularity in the Netflix show. And so I love it. I'm all about it. Um, I actually think that he is truly funny. So even if he were not from Sacramento, it wouldn't matter to me. I think he's very, very funny. He has a, a unique energy. And his show tackles, you know, political topics that aren't necessarily about the day-to-day -day politics that are going on, like impeachment inquiry or things like that. He's tackling things like Saudi Arabia, which is both topical and timeless, right? Like I think that's he, – he gives kind of this large scope about the election in India with Modi, which um, – has all sorts of interesting things that I didn't know about. Uh, he, he so he tackles all of these things. He even tackles, tackles things like branding companies like Supreme uh, and Apparel and the supply and demand. Anyway, he he just gets out there. The Patriot Patriot Act shows him on stage in uh, in New York with all of these huge monitors, like they essentially looks like big iPads everywhere. And uh, the dude just puts on an entertaining show. And so I'm a big fan. He's got a Netflix special also called Homecoming King, which he does in Sacramento, specifically in Davis. And uh, I watched that recently with my wife Lindsay, and she she was that Homecoming King is a great special. It's a, it's it's kind of a one man show. He tells this kind of long story, interspersed jokes. It's really really good. Well, needless to say, which I guess I just said, I'm a big fan of his. Um, and uh, Lindsay and I were we uh, we travel into San Francisco, not too far from Sacramento. Uh, we travel in there regularly for work. We both work for San Francisco-based companies. And uh, we were staying at our hotel one night. This was a few weeks ago. And we, uh, we step out to go to our, uh, one of our favorite Thai places to eat. And we're walking down the street. This is in downtown. And um, we run into Hassan Minhaj on the street. Just in the wild. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is two days after he had just spoke or testified before Congress. We were just talking about it in a text thread with some of our other friends. We have a basketball text thread. Um, and I run into him in person. Okay. And I'll tell you kind of the, the surrounding circumstances, everything that's going on. We're, we're on the street. We're at a block and a half off of Market. Market's one of the main streets in San Francisco or a lot. You know, a lot of the restaurants and lots of this, you know, the main BART line is has multiple stops on Market Street. It's one of the big one of the big. Uh, so we're in Market and Mission. OK, so we cross Mission and we are we're kind of full steam ahead. And Lindsay goes, uh, David. And I look up and just about like maybe three feet in front of me is this guy who was standing almost looking his arms out like he's maybe hailing a cab or something which he's not really doing um, he's actually trying to get the attention of his mom who's across the street he's trying to get it across the street and he, he looks kind of lost but he has his unmistakable face and in my mind it was clearly boom that's that's Hassan. and i uh it was it took a second to register because it felt like i was watching him 
in an episode of Patriot Act or something. Like, it was weird that it was happening in front of me. And he turns and he locks eyes with me. And I think he must have seen my expression on my face, which was like figuring out what was happening. You know, and I'm walking and I'm like <laughs> looking like, is this like what is happening? Like, because, dude, of all the celebrities I could have met in this moment, it's one that is like very timely, very topical. We are, we've been talking about him very. Re- it's just like in my br- my brain was doing the mathematical calculations of like how probable or how likely this is that this is happening, right? And it's just like does right. not compute, right? I'm like this doesn't make statistical sense. It doesn't make the probability like it just doesn't make sense. And so anyway, this is in a split second. He locks eyes with me and he goes, "Hey, is this Market Street?" And I said, "Oh no, Market Street's gonna be back that way about a block and a half." He's like, oh, okay, we're looking for a restaurant. It's at Market in Second, and I was like, okay, yeah, Market's gonna be one block that way, and you want to take a left, and left you'll hit Second is one block over, so like you're really close. He goes, oh, perfect, and then he's like, thanks, and he reaches his hand out to shake my hand and and lends his hand, and, and I was like, well, oh, uh, big fan of your show, by the way. And he's like, oh, thanks, <laughs> and I was like, thanks for all the King's love. And he goes, oh, are you from Sacramento? And we're like, yeah. He's like, I'm from Davis. And I was like, yeah, 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 I know. I know all about you. Um, (laughs) And his mom, he's waving his mom to come over. In that moment, you should have showed him the text thread. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he would have loved that. (laughs) I Like, Lindsay and I both kind of sitting there stunned, you know. And I'm just like, I want to make sure that he knows how grateful I am that – he talks about the Sacramento Kings on his Netflix show. You know, like that's like number one thing. You're like, give us more Kings. Like, there are pe- there are people for those jokes. Like, I'm here for his Vladi Divac jokes. You know, like, like please keep them coming. Um, but anyway, so he's like, oh, you know, the second he knew we were from Sacramento, you know, immediately we became people that weren't just like the people he probably runs into, and he lives in New York City, which is where they record the show. So I'm sure he runs into people in New York, um, and even in San Francisco. Uh, there, I mean, every the percentage of people in San Francisco that watch the Patriot Act has got to be incredibly high. And so once we were from Sacramento, I could see the shift into almost kind of like the glazed overlook to like, oh, people, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> real people. And so we, we, we chit chat real quick. We say, you know, good luck. Enjoy dinner. We, we turn and we move on. We, Lindsay and I look at each other and we're like, wow, um, I can't believe that just happened. And Lindsay's her first comment was I'm really proud of how he handled that <laughs> and, and I agree and what she meant was like we didn't ask for a picture we gave him the direction cool we played it cool we said we like the, the show thanks for the king's love yes we're from Sacramento we don't want to bother you any longer than we have to obviously we were not going to be those people and um, and I turned and I thought the first, one of the first things in my mind was like the guys are never going to believe this <laughs> and Skyler's going to ask for a pick. He's going to pull a pick so uh-huh. it didn't happen, right? Which is exactly what he did. Good he call. Immediately on that one. asked for a picture. <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand. This wasn't a scenario where, like, it, I could have, I like, asking for a picture would have killed it. And uh, it, just, it just didn't feel right. And I didn't really need it. Like, I didn't want, you know. Yeah, that's the, like, that's the thing is, like, when you meet a celebrity, why do you need a photo? I, yeah. I, I don't think that I've ever understood that. Um, yes. It's just, I, I mean, you have the moment, you live that moment. Do you really need a photo of yourself to look at again? Like, yes, you know what you look like. Yes, you, wanna, you know what the celebrity looks like. 
Well, so Bill Hader talks about this. I heard him on a podcast recently say that, like, you know, he tends to say no to people that ask her a photo. Mm-hmm. But what he says he does is he'll say no because, you know, one person asks for a photo and he does it. Then all of a sudden there's a crowd of people or there's a line of people that want to take photos because then it feels like it's okay, you know, to take photos. So he'll tell people no, but I'll meet you. You know, like, hi, like, like wh- what's your name? Where are you from? You know, like, I'll, you know, converse with you. And he says no one ever wants to meet with them. They, they, no one ever wants that. He says they want the photo to just show their friends that they, you know. Look, yes, exactly. I met Bill Hader. I met Stefan from SNL. And uh-huh. uh, and look, I uh, I'm no stranger to taking photos with celebrities. I have a long and sordid past, <laughs> um, and so. Um, but it's interesting because I think I've I've certainly evolved in my thinking on that. And look, I've got photo with my favorite musician of all time, okay, Rivers Cuomo. One of my favorite actors of all time, Denzel Washington. One of my favorite comedic actors of all time, Bill Murray. You know, like mm-hmm. I've got photos with everyone, um, everyone's significant in my life, uh, with the exception of a few in terms of like the arts, like my favorite stand up comedian, Dave Chappelle, um, who I had I recounted the, the evening of spending with him many times in the pod. And I won't rehash that again here, but no photo with him. That's for sure. Um, Quentin Tarantino. And so and if you had if you had a photo with yeah. Dave Chappelle of that night, yeah. would, would it make it any better? No, like, it's cool. But no. it's like, I don't think that that makes it any better. No, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. Um, why would it? In my moment with Quentin Tarantino, it's interesting and it's recent, but my mm-hmm. small brief moment shaking his hand and saying thank you, it would be cheapened by having had a photo. Now I don't think I would have gotten a photo anyway had I even asked. I don't, I don't think I don't think he would have agreed to it, and I don't think it would have worked. But like in that moment, we had a very human, albeit brief, um, moment where I was able, I I experienced his piece of art that he produced. I got to shake his hand and say thank you for that. He reciprocated that, you know, that 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 gratitude, and I moved on. And that meaning, that small moment, meant a lot. Uh, and a photo really would have taken that out. Really would have taken the humanity out of it. It would have acknowledged the celebrity. It would have become right. a thing, and then it would have been, you know, I would have had this awkward and probably blurry because it's kind of dark in there photo of Quentin Tarantino, yeah. and it would have meant less weirdly. So, right. Yeah. I, I mean, the upside to that is you post it and you get like 300 likes and which is cool. But really, yeah. what does that mean? If so. a minute for the if for the likes back when there was that app, that karma app that used to like you had like a social cred score based on how many uh-huh. likes and retweets you got across all the different social. If that they have still, that in China, it's oh, the okay. government actually uh, implements that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the social social score or whatever the hell the thing's is called. That, oh, yeah. The citizen score. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, based yeah. on my public comments about Hong Kong, my score being the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I meeting Hassan was like, it was super cool. We got to talk about Sacramento, the yeah. Kings. It was awesome. Yeah. But Aaron, the more I think about the interaction with him, he asked me if this was Market Street. He asked me where... The restaurant was. And I walked away with my chest kind of puffed out. Like, I got not only did I get to meet someone who I admire their work, but like I helped out. I pointed him in the right direction. Oh, yeah. And then it dawned on me there's a 0% chance that he didn't know where he was going. There's a 0% <laughs> chance that he didn't have a smartphone with Google Maps that told him exactly where to go. Why right. was he asking me if this was Market Street and which direction Second Avenue was? Um, oh, yeah. This dude wasn't asking me for directions. Mm-mm. I think this dude saw someone that was probably going to approach him and try to talk to him about his artwork or maybe ask for a photo. 
And I think maybe a diversion tactic that he has come up with that he's maybe used multiple times is he asks someone a question about what street they're on or how to get somewhere where it like puts them off there, whatever, whatever their intent was, whatever they were going to say, or can I take a photo to them immediately trying to figure out where the street was. And then before, and then the, the, the interaction expires before they can ask for a photo. I actually think that's what he was doing. <laughs> that's that's, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Um, I hope that he did it because he thought you were a fan. Now, part of me thinks that maybe he saw the haircut, he saw the the white face, the beard. Um, in these day and age, I mean, I, I was in San Francisco. I just saw the Joker. Yeah, so <laughs> you think he saw the eyes of an incel? Uh, I had yes, I had, I had Lindsay with me, so I was okay. Well, he thought you were in the friend zone with her, so there was there was rage brewing inside of you. <laughs> Uh, well, that's hilarious though. That actually makes sense that he would disarm someone like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it felt very natural. Like he, he he did look confused, and his mom was across the street, and she looked confused. And so my yeah. theory doesn't totally play out. Like they did seem disoriented, like they didn't know where they were going. But it wouldn't surprise me if that was actually a thing that he did to disarm people. Like it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that's one theory. Like my theory is just hearing that that maybe. Uh, have you heard of the service Cameo? Where these celebrities yeah. sign up and then sure. you, you pay them for a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that this is like next level cameo that Lindsay actually bought. She um, bought an interaction. Hassan Minaj. Oh, yes, an yeah. interaction with someone. And she had him planted at that corner. Oh, gosh, and yeah. she created that that uh, experience for you. This is early Christmas present is what I'm thinking. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. next level cameo. She paid, for, she, she paid for the upgrade where he asked for directions. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. It's like a twelve hundred dollar deal. Um. Sure, yeah. Plus, plus, uh, plus, a, a airfare for his mother because she's involved as well. To sell it, to sell the scene, right? And uh, dinner at that restaurant they were going to. See, the thing is, airfare for the mom wouldn't have been that much. She would have driven in from Sacramento. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, so Lindsay probably got a good though. deal on that. The cameo plus, cameo. Pre- Are you allowed premiere? to claim Sacramento if you're from Davis? Yeah, they they do all the time. Mm, okay, all I right. Mean, it's right outside of Sacramento. I mean, they're as sure. close to Sacramento as I as I am in Folsom, which is Sacramento County. And I mean, like it's the same sure. distance to downtown. Okay, all right. Just, they're West. I'll Sac. take your word for it. Yeah, Davis is West Sac. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm now when it, now the comments gonna blow up from the, the Davis army. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, speaking of incels, let's let's do this. Uh, Joker. So, let's paint the picture a little bit coming in. There was some controversy coming into this film. Do you a wanna, whole lot of controversy. Wanted to talk about that a little bit, Aaron. What, what was the controversy? Yeah. So the controversy was when this movie first came out, it hit, started hitting the. Uh, I think it went to Venice Film Festival first. It was making the rounds in the film festivals circuit, and uh, it was winning awards. But um, the initial reviews were that this movie is very, very dark. The subject matter is. A man that's been pushed to his limits, and he lashes out at society, and it just so happens that he's a white man. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, there's political connotations to that 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 type of story, and so people were a lot of reviewers were making the connection that this Joker was representative of uh, incels, basically. So if you don't know what incels are, these it's like it's a term 
that pe- for people that are on like terminally online who are filled with rage because they're celibate and involuntary celibates is what they're called. Um, and there's been like mass shootings around them and there's uh, there's all the stuff that you can look up online. But basically, uh, uh, these initial reviewers were saying that this is the story that's glorifying incel lifestyle. And these incels are going to watch this movie and they're going to mimic it. And they're they're going to see that this image is on screen and it's going to be empowering to them. Like that was the that was the original take that came out um, when this movie was making the first rounds in the film festivals. Um, so based off of that. We got all these news stories that were feeding off of that that hypothesis or that narrative. And so in the weeks leading up to this, people were saying, should we even release this movie? Should this movie be released to the public? Is it a good is it a, is the story is this a story that's worth telling? Um, and then once people started like t- uh, taking to social media, there was all this backlash and and actually the director came out, Todd Phillips, and said, like this is, um, it's ridiculous that people are in this day and age. They're trying to um, get this movie canceled, and and it's all these uh, social justice warriors, and it's all this uh, all these people. I think he said it's the uh, extremist left that is um, trying to take away my art, and it's just like he played the victim complex perfectly to a T, um, and he manipulated the uh, the media to to get out his message and turn this movie into basically a political act, which we've seen numerous times, a bunch of different movies over the past couple of years that have turned purchasing a ticket into some sort of political act. And that's what he did. Uh, but he flipped the story on the other end. It's basically, we saw like the movie Ghostbusters, um, even like Wonder Woman and, and Captain Marvel. Um, a lot of the hype around it was like, you're, you're doing some sort of political act by buying a ticket to this movie. Um, but he took the other end of that and, and saying, like you're doing a political act by buying a ticket to this movie and saying you cannot silence my art. <laughs> it's, it's really, really funny and really stupid. So that was like all the hype leading up to this movie. A movie that in its essence is just like any other anti-hero story. Like, I I mean, you can say what you th- thought about the movie, but like my initial reaction was, this is no different than Silence of the Lambs. This is no different than Taxi Driver. This is no different than a million different other movies where it's a bad guy that is driving the narrative. So, I mean, that that's just my way that I went into it. It was much to do about nothing, man. It was much to do about nothing. Really, that's what it felt like. It felt like this was all man, uh, manipulation and, and people bought into it. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that was the lead up into this movie before it was released. So yeah, it uh, I'm I'm blown away by the politicization politicization. I'm not even I can't even talk right now. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They yes. politicize these films, and 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 they have no business being politicized. I think like some movies, there actually might be the case for it. This is not one of yeah. them. <laughs> like no. And no. there was all sorts of, and there were other controversies around whether it glamorizes the violence, if it makes this antihero too sympathetic, which I think are a little bit more interesting questions. Um, I still don't think it glamorized the violence, actually. Um, I think that. Well, I think there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a question that you should ask, and there's nothing wrong with asking it, yeah. but. It's the fact that people not only asked the question, they had it answered in their own mind. So yeah. it's one it's one thing to ask a question. It's another thing to already form your narrative and yep. drive that narrative when you haven't even seen the movie, yep. first of all. Um, and then once the movie comes out and you realize, oh, you, you weren't right. This was you made these assumptions that were completely incorrect. 
Yeah. Um, and you look really stupid. Well, and it um, kills me because there are these outlets, these media outlets of people that I admire, like on The Ringer. We have Sean Fennessy and Jason Concepcion who who have to like weirdly um, temper their enthusiasm or they have to very much ca- – They both of them liked this movie quite a bit. And both of them really felt sheepish about saying so. And that, that kills me a little bit. They, feel, they have to qualify their praise for the film being like, you know, don't, don't be upset that I like this movie. And it's just like they shouldn't have to do that. They shouldn't have to do that because other people decided before they saw the movie that by liking this film means you, you know, endorse this type of behavior or that you think that it's like some sort of tacit endorsement of the incel movement, which is not at all what this movie is doing. Um, I'm more interested in talking about whether the movie is any good or not. Sure, um, absolutely. I think that's where it should have. Yeah, we have to talk. That's about where it that should have started and ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I want to hear right out of the gate what your score is out of a hundred. And did you enjoy this movie? Was this a good movie? Yeah. So my initial thoughts, like right leaving the theater, was probably this is an eighty-five out of a hundred. Okay, a solid B. And I think that I would, I definitely want to see it again. Um, yeah. Should I think? Upon further viewings, I might actually like it more. I really had a problem with the first act. I thought it was really, really slow, and it was too drawn out. And I, I almost lost interest in it because not a lot happens, and you kind of it's it's kind of all telegraphed too. There's not really there's no reason to to literally show us every step because we know where you're going with it. Um, so the first hour is kind of it's a very very slow burn, yeah. but I think it picks up steam. And uh, for me, it really picked up steam in the second act. And then I absolutely loved the third act. I thought the third act was perfect, considering where the character exists in the cinema world, in the cinematic universe of DC and Batman and all that stuff. Um, I, I absolutely loved the way that uh, it all paid off. And I thought it was really um, interesting to give this character some backstory. And, you know, a lot of it is telegraphed and a lot of it is like... I mean, yeah, we could we understand like this dude is messed up and he had a hard life and all that. Um, but I, I like some of the choices they made. I thought uh, it's it's incredibly dark. Uh, if you have a problem with really dark movies, you might not uh, enjoy this one. But I don't. I think that you know, movie violence is just that. It's movie violence. It's not actual violence. It's not a real thing. Um, and it is art. So art is meant to challenge uh, meant to challenge uh, our tastes and what we find palatable and i think uh, that this movie does that it's um, really effective at what it does um and i think that it's pretty well written it's well written it's well directed uh the editing's pr- it's okay it's not um it's not the best technical movie i've seen this year uh but it, for todd phillips movie i think this is probably his best work um he's uh not the best director in the world not my favorite director he made the hangover is like his number one movie um, he and he's made a few other movies. This one War is Dogs. like War Dogs is okay. I liked War Dogs; it's fine. But this is a step above all that. Like it's it's much, much heavier work, heavier um, subject matter, obviously. And I thought he did a much better job. But really, what this movie is, it's Walking Phoenix. Like he's he's in every scene, every and single um, every single scene in the film. And he carries the movie. Obviously, he has to, or else it doesn't work. And he's flawless. And this is for me, for my money, this is his best work. Yes. Um, and he's done a lot of great things. I'm a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's had a great career. But this is maybe his finest hour, uh, finest two hours. It's a long movie. <laughs> it's a long movie, hours. folks. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, he's just, he's incredible. Like he's chewing up scenery in some scenes and other scenes. He's uh, he's subtle. 
and he's powerful and he's scary, maniacal. Um, he go he runs the gamut. He's a very very complicated character, and his performance is um, it's really up to task, and it's probably better than the movie <laughs> than it needed to be for this movie. Yeah. So uh, overall, I give it an eighty five. I think Joaquin, if you're a Joaquin Phoenix fan, you you should see this movie. Um, but other than that, if you're not like a huge Batman or Joker or, or like DC Universe comic book fan, you probably can skip this one. It's not like a must see movie. It's pretty entertaining overall. Uh, but if you have any interest in like Batman or, or Joker or um, Todd Phillips, then yeah, go watch this movie. Uh, but I liked it overall. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I remember our reaction to hearing the reports about Joaquin Phoenix signing on to do like a, a Joker film. At that time, we didn't really have the context of whether or not, like, this was going to fit neatly into the DC Extended Universe. Like, if this was going to be, like, Aqua next to Aquaman, you know, sure. and Wonder Woman 2 and Joker. And if that meant he was going to be uh, – if that meant Joaquin Phoenix was going to be plugged into whoever the next Batman is, you know. I mean, I don't know exactly what their plans are here, but I, I feel like it's – this is a fairly definitive in its, in its singular one-movie thing. Now, I know they're going to do everything they can to get Joaquin Phoenix to come back and play this role, but I, I would really be surprised to see him do that. I don't think that this was meant to have a sequel. Um, I think that it's it's tied into the, the greater Batman story in, in a handful of ways in the film, but that's that's really it. This was really just a slow burn, a very Taxi Driver-esque, uh, or another Scorsese film. You, you brought up to me in text message. You felt like it's more like a, uh, the film... King uh, King of Comedy. King of yeah, comedy. this is almost beat by beat. This is King this is like the dark version of King, King of Comedy. King of Comedy is like it's silly and it's kind of a little bit slapsticky at times, but this is like the very dark version of it. But it's it's very very similar uh, a failed comedian uh, wants to get on late night TV and so he does some really bad things and that's kind of exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, interesting, yeah. De Niro stars in both of those comp films sure that people use, you know, the Taxi Driver and King Comedy. And De Niro plays the late night host in this film. Uh, doesn't get a ton of screen time, but doesn't need a lot. Uh, I mean, he's in uh, a couple of sequences, um, notably one in the third act, the act that you give high marks for. Um, but what I was going to say is our reaction to hearing the news about Joaquin Phoenix doing this was, Why? Why is Joaquin doing this? Why do we need more Joker content, right? I mean, we just had Heath Ledger just give just this, you know, I mean, give one of the all-time most influential villain movie performances in the history of cinema. I mean, like, like I mean, we just got that in, in the in the you know well, in the recent past, and then followed by the superior Jared Leto, and performance. then Jared Leto ups the ante by doing even mm -hmm. better. <laughs> I can't say that sentence without laughing. Of course, I don't believe that. <laughs> but uh, but really, though, Jack Nicholson was my Joker growing up. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the, the Joker landscape and where this kind of fits performance-wise and, you know, in the mythology. But, you know, I grew up with Jack Nicholson. Obviously, Heath Ledger gives that crazy performance. We have Mark Hamill doing the voice in the Batman cartoon. Um, and then we have, yeah, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, and then Joaquin Phoenix. And Joaquin Phoenix is like one of these great actors that were like, don't, we don't need another Joker. Do something else. Do something more interesting. I was wrong to doubt that. Because I'll tell you right now, I, I liked this film just about as much as you did. I would put it maybe even a little bit more, maybe 88 out of 100. Um, also, though, this film is deeply unsettling. It is incredibly dark. I went in expecting it to be dark. And it hit some moments where I'm, I'm with my buddy, Clay, watching this movie. And we both look over at each other a couple moments going, oh, boy, this thing is dark. 
they um, went there. Like, there's a lot of moments where they actually go there. <laughs> where they go there. They do things where I look. Yeah. I'm just, you know, there's a girl sitting in, uh, she's sitting next to me. And she's kind of, we're on these recliners, you know, so it's kind of awkward. She's she's turned kind of cuddling with presumably her boyfriend, significant, whatever. <laughs> and uh, I have to, I hear him repeatedly apologizing to her throughout the film. As moments are happening, especially in the third act. And he's just like. You know, some some variation of like, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't know it was gonna. I'm I'm so sorry. And I thought she I was, thought it was supposed to be funny. Leave. It's called Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, was like, why so serious? That's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> um, but it's it's a it would really give me pause to recommend this film to a lot of people. Um, but it is incredibly well made. It is too long. It's thirty to forty minutes too long. There's a lot of fat that could have cut on this. Um, but it is a slow burn. It's a, a virtuoso performance by Joaquin. Great cinematography. I, I wish I had pulled up who shot this film. Um, I can find that out for you. Okay. Uh, it was really, really well done. A lot of tricks were pulled out. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and using, I, I, So I thought it was a pretty remarkable photography. Uh, and it made, it made this one-man show all the more interesting because of it. So I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend this for most of my family members. I certainly wouldn't recommend it to my neighbors and a lot of my coworkers, probably most of them. Um, it would have to be people that I know have a certain sensibility and would be interested in this type of thing. But given the box office here, 93 million domestic, another 140 foreign for a $234 million global bow. Um, I think... A lot of people saw this movie, Aaron, that walked out with their stomachs kind of, maybe uh, kind of turning. It got a B-plus cinema score, which sounds good, but actually isn't great. Um, most people coming out of movies are happy, and like A, A-minus is like fairly typical. B-plus for a comic book movie that made 240 or 234, 234 million on opening weekend to get a B-plus cinema score meant, yeah, a lot of people came out being, it was a little too much for them. And that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me one bit. This is this well. Is one of the movie. the critiques that I've heard or I've read um, is that people found it boring, which I yeah. get. I totally yeah. get it. I do. Yeah. If because it could lose you in the beginning easily. Totally. <laughs> I I like boring slow movies, and this was really boring. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I would totally get if people went in thinking this was going to be a superhero movie. If they were waiting for Batman or somebody to come in and save the day. You know, they would be waiting for a long time because it's, it feels longer than the two hour and two minute runtime. It felt like two and a half hours, to be honest. And I enjoyed it. It sure movie. does. So, yeah. Anyway, so. Oh, uh, just a quick, the DP on that was uh, his name is uh, Lawrence Shear. And he's oh. basically worked with uh, worked with Todd Phillips exclusively okay. for all of his movies. Okay. Like, so he, shot he did War the Dogs. Hangover Garden War Dogs State. was good yeah. as, as well. Okay. Well, I can tell he's a lens junkie. Uh as any DP <laughs> should be, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Well, I, I'm a little bit stunned. I shouldn't be stunned that it uh, exceeded, not just exceeded box office expectations, but broke, shattered every record for the month of October, um, both domestically and globally. Um, and it's the Joker. And it's a rated R movie. And it's a, Yes, it's rated R. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely rated R. Uh, but for it to be so dark and to still get that big of a response yeah i mean i guess people don't really realize it's gonna be as dark as it is 
until they go see it. So I'll be curious to see what the second week box office numbers look like. Uh, oh yeah, I think it's going to drop off immensely. And also, I do believe that the the press surrounding it did drive some of the box office. I don't think have. there's any doubt about it that. It had to have. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so for you, is Joaquin has Joaquin given the single greatest Joker performance in any of these films? Well, I, I'm uh, what one day I saw it yesterday, so I'm one day removed from watching it. Um, little hard to judge uh, because we're so close to it, but my initial reaction is yes, this is the best Joker we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, only because, like, looking back, I know the Joker is a cartoon character. He's literally a cartoon character. I understand that, but the the if we're doing dramatic, uh, long form film. Um, it's not supposed to be a cartoon character. You're supposed to be a human being. Like that's what we're watching, right? So I would say that uh, Joaquin Phoenix brings the Joker to life, unlike any other performance before his. Heath Ledger's great as the Joker. He's awesome, but he played him as a cartoon character, without a doubt. Um, this is much more. Hu- this is a much more human portrayal of Joker or Arthur. Really, it's because he's not Joker until the very end, obviously. But yeah, so this is, he's the human being, and so he has that advantage. Um, But even when he is Joker, it's it's special. Like, he's really good. He's really, really good once he lets go. Um, And I think that's why I liked it so much. I thought even as the cartoon character Joker, um, he was awesome. He was great. So yeah, I think this is the best performance of Joker. Blows any other ones out of the water. And I really, really, really do not want to see him play Joker again against Batman. (laughs) I know. Oh gosh, no! It would really. And I'm, and I'm really looking forward to the new Batman. Robert Pattinson uh, was Matt. uh, uh, What's his name? The director Bryant is it? Matt Bryant. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. That's it. Matt Reeves. Uh, Yes, I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to do a great job. Um, But I don't want to see Joaquin Phoenix um, playing Joker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Nor do I. And I, I don't think we'll see it. Even though they'll be begging him because the money, the money here is, you know, I could see them offering him 30 million to play the part. Uh, and uh, I hope he got paid enough in this one to be able to have to, to have the courage to turn that down. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. So no other Joker has had the benefit of having an entire film focused on them in order to to really showcase their thing. So Heath Ledger didn't get that. Heath Ledger had to be a fully formed Joker from the get-go, right? So there is some benefit Joaquin has in this film to be able to showcase this. But he, look, it's a movie about someone with severe mental illness. And it's real. It's real, and he plays it in a way that is convincing and harrowing and, uh, and devastating. And you see the decisions he makes, and you do feel bad for him. You feel sympathetic for him until he makes oh, some decisions. Do. He makes some decisions yeah. where you say, "Okay, my sympathy ends here. Like I feel bad for you, but you crossed a line now. You, you've you've gone into action of which I cannot condone, nor do I think is okay given the backstory that I was just privy to." Um, yeah. And that's where you. That's where you. And the movie is meant to make you feel that way, that you feel yeah. sympathetic to a point, and then you say, "No, no, 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 no." This is a terrorist now, right? This is someone that is beyond, you know, oh, because they had it so hard, I can understand why they're doing these things. Like, And I think that movie draws that just that line very clearly. And anyone that doesn't see that, I, I feel like that's on them and not on Todd Phillips or on Joaquin in, in terms of giving the performance. But it's pretty amazing leading up to it 
how much they're able to make this character a little bit more uh, layered, a little bit more not understandable, but you you see how someone could get to such a demented state, even if you don't condone uh, the type of behavior or actions that are taken, you know, by the character. Yeah. Totally. And I think that if we want to talk about the politics of this movie, it sh- we shouldn't be talking about the Joker. Let's talk about no. the politics of yeah. Gotham City. Sure. How about yeah. we talk about the environment that created Joker? Because that's literally what this story is. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a guy that is uh, can barely hold down a job. He's completely broke. He has to live with his mother. Yep. Who is uh, she's clinically insane. Yeah. Um, and he has neurological problems. And she's he's writing letters, on by pills. the way. She's writing letters to, to her former yeah. employer, a very rich and powerful person, thinking they're going yeah. to save the day. She even says this comment about if he could see the conditions we're living in, it would kill him. He's going to respond to these letters. And it devastates you because you're thinking he's not. He's not even seeing these letters. And if he did, he's not going to do a dang thing about it. Absolutely. And, and, and that's actually really the interesting thing about this because you are sympathetic to their plight. Because the person that they're writing to is uh, the father, the the Wayne. Oh, I can't yeah. remember what Bruce Thomas, Wayne's dad Thomas is. Wayne. Thomas Wayne, exactly, of Wayne Enterprises, the billionaire. Yeah. And he's so out of touch with the struggles that they face as, as just regular working class people in Gotham City that he goes on TV and calls them clowns, which is – I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. It, it kind of harkens back to the whole deplorables thing, right, That yeah. from 2016 – um, and Todd Phillips definitely did that for a reason. Yeah. Um, because I think uh, obviously he's playing, he's, you know, he's trying to play off these themes from real life politics. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is, this is the discussion that we should be having about this movie, not the guy. It's the the Gotham City. Like, there's this dude that's a billionaire who literally has to drive through th- these uh, war torn streets. And what is he doing? He's going to, um, the opera or uh, something. Yeah. He's going to the, no, he's going to the silent film. Silent film. He's going Charlie to the Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin <laughs> silent film. Well, the people in the streets are rioting. It's just like, yeah. he's so oblivious to what is happening in Gotham city. And also he wants to be mayor. <laughs> like that's the other thing. It's, it's really interesting. Like if they, they could have totally focused on that. Um, the critiques of this movie could have totally focused on that, but again, it's completely washed away, and everyone is hyper focused on the one guy, like the Joker himself. Uh, it's just which is, lazy. Which is so, it's, it's fascinating. I think it's lazy. It's fascinating yeah. because you talked about going in, there was all this like uh, controversy around like uh, Todd Phillips making incels seem sy- sympathetic. And then by the end of the film, literally someone in my theater. You know, at these riots that are going on, these people, they're wearing, and not, no spoilers or anything, but these people that are wearing clown masks, there's riots. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Someone screams Antifa, you know. And so <laughs> on the one hand, you have these people saying that it's like, you know, it's, it's making incels sympathetic. The other hand, people are saying this is like Antifa. These people are like Antifa. Yeah. And well, do you remember and, there's this, there's one of the signs they're holding up literally says resist. Resist. Which yes. is. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they were the resistance. To something that's very real uh, in today's political discourse, um, right? And, and and again, not no spoilers here, but there is a, a part where the uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is asked about this, and he literally says he he has he's ambivalent towards the politics of the city well, and what's going on. Now, now his character obviously is suffering this plight, but like by the time he gets to be this fully formed Joker, he doesn't care. He doesn't care right. about left wing, right wing politics. He has no interest no. in any of that. 
And that's consistent with the Joker character. Yes. He is an anarchist. He's yes. he just wants to see the world burn. He yes. is not political. He's not. Political. He's about tearing down all the structures. That's right. Um, so to to put all this ideology on that character when he's literally the antithesis of this is just again lazy. It's lazy and it's stupid. So yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah it is unfortunate. But it made for the when someone said Antifa in the theater, I was just laughing. This is very this funny. Is hilarious. I I mean I get why they're saying funny. that, but like the. <laughs> But yeah, to to put a finer point on it, he is a bad guy. Like I don't want anyone to think that I don't think the Joker's no, a bad he's guy. Terrible. This would be he's a terrible human being. He's terrible. And um yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't admire what the Joker did and I don't no. think that he went about it the right way. So no. no. And that's what's that's what's yeah, I think it's part of the genius of this film, maybe genius is a strong word, but is that you can relate to the plight and you can feel bad for the mental illness, you can feel bad for the circumstance. And then you then you see him make a decision that you say, like I said, you no longer go with them, and you can recognize that even though you felt bad for an earlier part of their circumstance, that he's making decisions that are absolutely beyond uh, reprehensible. Um, right, and that's and that's common to the antihero thing, right? Yeah. Breaking Bad. There you go, Breaking right. Bad. That's right. You can recognize that the plight that he's in. He has cancer. He can't afford to take care of his family, yep. but he makes bad decisions, right? So, yes. I mean, you're along for the journey, but you're you don't approve of the fact that he's. Walter White is killing people, or he's or he's making meth. He's selling meth. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, he's in a bad situation. He's making the best of it. So that's why he's an antihero. You're not supposed to like him. Now, um, I want to give a couple shout outs to other performances in the film when we talk about Joaquin Phoenix. But we've got Zazie Beetz, Mark Maron, Tyree Henry. Uh, oh yeah. Who Zazie Beetz a little bit more of significant role, uh, but I bring up both of them because they're in one of our t- favorite TV shows, Atlanta. And it was great to see both of them in there uh, and both parts that I enjoyed immensely in their small amount of screen time. Um, you've got Mark Marin in there in an even smaller amount of screen time <laughs> as the <laughs> manager producer of the late night talk show that yeah. uh, Robert De Niro is the host of. I thought De Niro was great. I, he was he was fantastic. I thought he was great as the late night host. He you know, he know he's been on a million of those shows. He knows what that's like. Uh, he totally sold it. I, I felt like I, I I don't have her name up, but the actress who plays the mother. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't I didn't recognize her. I've never seen yeah, her before that I'm aware of. I'm unfamiliar with her work, but I thought she was terrific. Uh, same with the guy who plays Thomas Wayne, who I have seen and stuff, and I don't remember his name either. Uh, but he plays the good kind of a hole, you know, like yeah, the rich a hole, which is interesting that they that they went that angle. Um, I didn't expect yeah, Bruce re- Wayne to be in this film. I will say that much. You didn't really? No, I didn't. I didn't think they were going to have him in there. Okay. No, I really didn't. Okay, so the guy that played Thomas Wayne, he was actually he was in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Yeah, so, he played a congressman. I I rewatched Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Okay. Over the course of the last two days. Uh, most of the Dark Knight. I haven't finished it. I, I I have a hard time getting to the third act of that film. It's a great movie, but that third act is a mess, and I'm sorry, but it, it is. Um, but are you criticizing Christopher Nolan right now? Yeah, I know. Seriously, yeah. Good thing I'm not. This isn't being recorded on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but like, I watched those movies by the way back to back. Part of it was like I wanted to get to the Joker um, and just kind of experience Heath Ledger's Joker, which is such a different experience than Joaquin Fe- what Joaquin Phoenix is doing, um, and and. I, I think for me, it's clear that Joaquin Phoenix gives a better performance. Uh, 
Heath Ledger did something that was like incredibly unique and incredible, like and absolutely deserved the Oscar, um, and and influenced villains from here on out. I mean, it was really incredible what he did. But like, I just I think the actual degree of difficulty for Joaquin had to do, even though he had a lot more again. Yeah, minutes on screen and time to, and a whole movie dedicated to his backstory. I still just think what he did was so enormous and uh, and a lot more difficult to do than what Heath Ledger did. And so, um, I, yeah, I'd give it to Joaquin. I was going to say, though, Batman Begins is such a better film than The Dark Knight. And I've said this before on here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people pretend like The Dark Knight is the best one out of that series. I mean, everyone's on the same it's page as Dark Knight. Heath Ledger. It's like, get out of here. Okay, that's like the Godfather I- 3. Like, get out of I here. like The Dark Knight Rises. Stop it. No, you I, don't. I do. I like it a lot. It's a bad like movie. It a it's like a bad... It's a bad movie, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think all comic book movies are bad. So, okay. yes. on that, okay. In that okay. sense, right. it is a bad movie. But in the sense okay. that it's an enjoyable comic book movie, yeah, okay. give me Dark Knight Rises. I think Batman Begins is a little too boring for me, but... It's it's slower, for sure. But it... Yeah. I, I... Yeah. I, the, oh, I, there's, there's things that The Dark Knight Rises... Dark Knight does, excuse me, the second one, Dark Knight. Uh, mm-hmm. th- there's things like its opening sequence and the bank heist and yada yada. They're really, really incredible. And I enjoy very sure. much that movie. It's the sure. third act with Harvey Dent where I'm like, they just try to cram in too much in too little. But it just wasn't, it really starts to unravel for me. Um, but like, it's still very, very entertaining. It's a great action film. But Batman Begins is like, I don't know, it just, the stage setting with Gotham and you like have a good sense of place of where you are, where in dark Knight, dark Knight rises, they're just in New York city and they call it Gotham and they just clearly are showing New York city buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and at least Batman begins, they have like the, the Gotham like railway and like Wayne built, you know, like they, uh, yeah, they actually have Wayne enterprises tower or whatever. Um, like it really feels like they created a world where in the other two, it's like, they just kind of plug and play. But anyway, um, but yeah, rewatching those, it was like even more obvious to me. I was like, Batman Begins is the best one of these three, and I don't think it's close. Uh, people are gonna go <laughs> nuts for me saying that, but it's just whatever. I'm here to speak the truth, and uh, but that was all to say, Joaquin Phoenix is just giving a better performance than Heath Ledger, and I just it, it is what it is. But anyway, we're at the 52 minute mark. I kind of want to say that Astra. I know if people have been yeah. listening this whole time, waiting for the Ad Astra, which I'm pretty sure no one has. But if 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 you were here for that, I kind of apologize because we're gonna save it. <laughs> it's a movie that deserves its own it does. episode. It does. I think. Well, I've seen it three yeah. times. Okay, let's, let's put it out. I've seen it three times. I've got a lot to say about it. Two and a half. You've seen it? Oh damn. Okay, two and a half. I saw it two and a half times. Okay, that's true. I saw it a half a time. It's true. That's. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here. We keep each other honest. I will say, though, uh, we will do a pod on it. But my quick little recommendation here to people is to go see it. I think it's worth seeing. Absolutely. It's not like most space movies. It's not going to be like Gravity. It's not going to be like Interstellar. It's a very meditative film. It's slow. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's got great performances. Um but it has themes that you would not expect necessarily to be a part of attached to like a space film. But those themes, I think, make this movie different and special and unique. And it hit me on a personal and emotional level, admittedly, that I wasn't expecting. Um, and so, yes, I think that endeared me to it a little bit more. But it's a film that deserves its own episode in its own right. And we will give it that, albeit a little late uh, from, the, from the release date. 
but I, I really I think so highly of this film that I think it's deserving of that. And I'm assuming you agree generally with with that, Aaron. One hundred percent. Ad Astra is probably in my top five of the year. Yeah, so it is I'll just for say me that. too. It is for me too. Yeah. So great. Well, anything else on Joker then before we wrap this up? Um, Joker. I, can I say the one thing that I most did not like about this movie, Joker, was the soundtrack. I oh, thought you didn't like the soundtrack. I had. I did not like the soundtrack whatsoever. The pop music choices they made were incredibly lazy and on the nose. Like, it was on some nose, just yeah. really, really on the nose yeah. choices. And I thought it was just really lazy. When and he bad. goes into the bathroom it, and they play, was it White Room? Yes. The song is called White Room by the band Cream. And they yeah. it's a, literally a white room. It's not good. And just uh, it's really, really bad. Really bad. So there's just a lot of bad musical choices. And I think that's Todd Phillips because he really has bad taste. And so he yeah. he shows bad songs. Yep. Um, but other than that, I thought the movie as a whole is uh, it's really interesting. And, and I'll definitely see it again. So Yeah. So, you know, I don't know that I will be seeing it again. Um, I This is not a rewatchable film for me. And it's long. And it was dark. It was unsettling. And I'm glad I saw it. I think it, the film was very well done. Uh, but it's not one that I think I could sit through again, which is interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, generally, I have the stomach to be able to see things multiple times. And I like to see them multiple times. This one, I don't have that desire. Yeah. What's the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal where he's the paparazzi mo- movie? Oh, uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, exactly. So did you find this... Um, Comparable to Nightcrawler in, in any terms way? terms of its unsettlingness? Sure, yeah. No, I thought this was more unsettling. I That's probably more, right. You know what's pro- the problem? The problem is, is I is that like I could relate with the guy in Nightcrawler more than I could with Joker. <laughs> 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 like, he wants to get well, the, he wants to get in the action of uh, you know, in, in, with the camera. And I, there's a little bit of me that's like, yeah, don't stop the help. Get the get the clip. Get the footage. You know. Also, we find out that Nightcrawler is not incel. He yeah. is not. <laughs> no. No. He's decidedly not incel. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, I, I like Nightcrawler. I'm going to go back and watch it now. Nightcrawler is a masterpiece, dude. It really is. It's mm-hmm. such a good film and uh, such so a good So this is what I'm talking about. Like that movie came out. It's the exact same themes. Yes. It's really yep. – it, it's the exact same themes. Yep. Anti-hero that's – really a misfit who's does really bad things yeah but there's no one was talking about it, it was no, not no i know it's a different time it came out a few years in fact, ago they make him a, just, they don't make him sympathetic really at all there's no mental no, illness absolutely that they're not exploring no Mm-mm. circumstances at home no sick mother you nope. know like none of that Mm-mm. so yeah and yet i and i relate with him more which is he tells you something about <laughs> my sociology <laughs> or my psychology i don't know um yeah, that's interesting. You brought up the the soundtrack. What about the score? The score was fine. The score okay. was fine. It was. I didn't have a huge problem with it. But it's just like the song choices specifically were lazy and stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just there's one scene, and I, I'm not going to spoil it. Or, but when he really embraces being Joker, the song choice is just. Yeah. I, I rolled my eyes when when the song started playing. So yeah. Now, keep an eye out for it. <laughs> we won't spoil the ending here. But I, I do want to ask you if you saw it coming. Was there was this a surprising film for you when when it gets to its climactic moment and he's in his full Jokerness? Were you surprised by anything, or did it go in the direction you expected it? 
it definitely went in the directions that, that um, I figured it would go. Um, you know, there's some details that I didn't expect. Um, but it's kind of like if you know the character and you know, like, how how he exists in that world, you know where he has to go. Like, you know what he has to do. Um, and also we know from the other movies what the Joker is. So, yeah, I mean, that informs a lot of what the decisions they have to make. But I still think, like, they kept it fresh and they did make some interesting choices. Yes. So. Did you wait around And that's for part the- of the reason why I enjoy the third act so much. So. Did you wait around for the end credits? No, was there an end credit scene? <laughs> no, I didn't wait around. I, think, yeah. I hope I not. wasn't going to. I hope not. That did not feel like a I film wasn't gonna, that would have end credits. No, it was too It was too dark in there, and I just figured with all the uh, all the, the, the warnings that were coming out <laughs> before, I didn't want to be stuck in that theater. Yeah, no, we hightailed it out of there pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. my eyes on a couple of folks in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, say, see something, say something. <laughs> I was I was looking for human shields. <laughs> uh, yeah, the cuddling couple next to me was like that was basically option number one. Well, you were gonna make like a tauntaun if the guy was big enough. You're gonna crawl inside of him. <laughs> oh no, my tauntaun shield. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. Uh, all right, my last point before we fully sign off here. Just because I was laughing there. I will say I liked their play on the laughter. Uh, they didn't ruin it in the – and I'm not going to ruin it now. They didn't ruin it in the trailer. They didn't really expect – but the, but the whole laughing and the maniacal thing, they actually – there's actually something going on there that I, I thought was like an interesting wrinkle um, to the character and kind of like, you know, why he laughs the way he does, which I thought was interesting. So – it was interesting. I don't know if I buy it, but yes, no, it I don't is buy interesting. It at all. I like that they. In fact, I think they. Yeah, I like that they tried something with it. Yeah, so. they tried to do something. They tried at least. Yeah, it made it. It grounded it a little bit more in reality. Can I also say that what one thing I did not like? Now that yeah. I think about it, yeah. was was making him a literal clown. Was I? That was. It was as on the nose as the soundtrack. I will <laughs> exactly. say exactly. Yes. Oh, we're going to have a scene where he's in the clown locker room with all his clown coworkers. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. That type of company does not exist. <laughs> Did, yeah. Gosh, I want to go into spoilers here, but I won't. Um, I, will just, <laughs> I will just say I, I liked how they dared me to laugh in moments of tragedy. There's, there's the theme oh, yeah. about whether his life's a tragedy or a comedy. And there's a couple of very right. tragic scenes that they dare you to laugh. At some things. And I kind of loved that. It was on the nose. Yeah. But, it, but like, thematically, yeah. I, I felt like, because there are things that are, there's some pretty horrific stuff, and then they tried to put in a few bits here and there, and it was like, oh, It wasn't, it was, the, the tragedy far outweighed the comedy, so it didn't really work in terms of, I didn't really laugh, but I liked that it dared me to, so... Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, I felt like there's just this energy in my theater where people were ready to laugh, like they early were. in the movie. Oh wow! Yeah, and I because I when he first goes into the clown locker room, which oh my god, I know, I know. Uh, when he goes to clown work, um, <laughs> I there was some job. reason like it, he got a big laugh, like there was just something, and my theater got like it just popped big, and I was like, that's that, what's well, not funny, but I think yeah. everyone just wanted to laugh, so yeah. I can't remember what he did, but it was stupid. No one was laughing in my theater. I will say when the credits rolled, there was a collective sigh, almost like like a gasp sigh, just like like this just exhale of like, Whoa, wow, like kind of 
not necessarily in like discomfort or 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 dis like people weren't disappointed necessarily, but there was just this like it's as if people were holding their breath the whole time. And uh, there was an exhale that was uh, yeah, it was notable, and I could tell the energy was really it was something because I think people were like, what. Like, what did I just – this was a Thursday night, you know, 9 p.m. showing. I mean, these were people yeah. that were excited to see it, and it was a sold-out screening. Uh, but they were like – yeah, I think people were trying to grapple with what they just witnessed. Yeah, I could get that. I understand that. So, Well, all right. That's the Joker for you. We explained how we got these scars. <laughs> we're going to be back soon. Or why, yeah. why was he so serious? Why was he so serious? It turns out because mental know. illness is no joke. <laughs> that's the tagline that's the tagline <laughs> joker because mental illness oh i'd love to see some psa's with uh walking phoenix and todd phillips where he's oh, just yeah. in uh in joker makeup and he's saying mental illness is no joke it's no joke well yeah, yeah. i mean you, they probably filmed it the same day they filmed the hospital scenes where he's doing the. oh yeah that's uh yeah, yeah. I, I really, I kind of want to spoil it, but I don't. It was an homage yeah. to Patch Adams, which I thought was appropriate. That's <laughs> very, I will say that was a very funny scene and maybe the funniest scene in the movie <laughs> when that scene happens. So. Okay. Okay. I won't spoil the joke. It's good. Okay. Well, we'll be back with Ad Astra. Um, just people go see it. Go see it and then we'll talk about it. And we will talk spoilers yes, in that one. It will not be a non-spoiler pod. You're going to like and, it. Uh, yeah. Um, if I don't think we're going to do a spoiler pod or anything on Joker unless people ask for it. Uh, no. But, uh, yeah, go see the Joker unless you really don't like dark and settling films. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it. Anything else, Aaron? No, that'll do it for me. All right. Until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs>